successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation. You're listening to Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com as well as uh, thanks to those who are listening today on GrillNationShow.com and iTunes and TuneIn Radio. Uh, appreciate you joining us from all the different verticals uh, online, on the radio, and on podcast today. Um, you connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. I'm also on Snapchat, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, all avenues, usually at Jason Grill uh, on all social media. I want to thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation with Jason Grill at the top of the show because without them the show would not would not make air. So they are Trusts, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group, Andrew Bash Real Estate Company, Kenny Hertz Perry Attorneys at Law, John Kenny Hertz Attorney, Catalyst Government Affairs, Danny Piper, who's a contributor, The Rieger Hotel Grill and Exchange, now known as The Rieger KC and Jay Rieger and Co. Ryan Maybe. Kansas City Power Light District and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink. Thanks for your support of the Grill Nation show. On today's show, we are going to have a couple great guests. We're going to have Jessica Nelson in our first segment here after a few uh, talking points today. The managing director uh, of Team KC, and she does all kinds of great things with the Kansas City Area Development Council, KCADC. Uh, I'm going to talk to her about uh, what Team KC does and talk to her about some trends in Kansas City with talent recruitment, and uh, what, what people are really looking for and what they're telling her uh, when, re- when regarding you know companies' talent recruitment efforts and uh, what people are looking for here in Kansas City. And then after Jessica, we will have on Sean Kincaid, who's a quarterly uh, Grill Nation guest who is going to talk to me about, he's a, uh, a life coach, business coach, but he, he previews and reviews books, and one of them is called Life is Good with the Founders of Life is Good. It's a huge brand that uh, two guys that kind of just came out of nowhere and, and took their business to $100 million in revenue, and they put out a book which kind of talks about 10 superpowers that uh, every successful person should look to have to grow their business and to be a better human being. So Sean will be with us in segment three and segment four today. A couple quick notes. I want to just uh, applaud the um, city of Kansas City, Missouri, for the, the first weekend of the streetcar. That was last weekend. Uh, there's an article in the Kansas City Star recently that said that there was 32,000 passengers. As a downtown resident, I was uh, very pleased with Friday night, and the celebration was awesome. Uh, if you didn't have a chance to see it, but you know, it's pretty incredible the amount of families, people that were getting on the streetcar, and uh, you know, millennials and, and older adults. It was it was pretty spectacular. So in the first weekend, they had 32,000 people. Um, the peak was on Saturday with 14,650 people, uh, 12,230 people rode on Friday. And then on Sunday, which, uh, last Sunday it poured, uh, most of the day was also Mother's Day. There was 5,448. The streetcar authority is looking to have an average of 2,700 a day. Um, and so they greatly, you know, 
exceeded those numbers for the first week, and hopefully those numbers will continue to be around that area. But there wasn't really many issues, um, and and they talked about the stop time. I think it'll, I think they won't make as many stops during the week, but um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty encouraging, and that kind of takes me to my next point, which is, you know, we had some changes with the KCI airport this week, um, and they they installed the vote on the new terminal. Uh, it will not happen in 2016, which is kind of frustrating to me uh, because we're seeing all this innovation and all these great things happening downtown and throughout our city with whether it's Smart City. There's an article in Verge magazine this last week about uh, free Wi-Fi throughout the city. Uh, and the airport was basically going to be free. I went to a session uh, last week with the pack line, who's the head of the uh, aviation and the person behind this now and it's very frustrating to hear that st louis has 25 more daily flights than kansas city that southwest would want to put in kansas city but they are not able to because of the layover issues and the structure of the airport so you know uh the 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 cost would pretty much be two dollars and ten cents uh per per user and and maybe a two dollar rise in parking over the next 10 years uh as the max so i think those things are worthwhile so i hopeful that you know, once the education process really starts and people kind of actually see what the facts are behind the new terminal and the new KCI, these people took two years of looking at hundreds of different designs and meetings and whatnot. I think that I hope that the voters and people in Kansas City will really realize how important this is. One for for um, recruiting more daily flights so we can get all where everyone we need to go, but also to actually um, to actually have a better airport and more businesses want to locate in Kansas City and more people want to come here. So hopefully that gets figured out. Um, the facts of that situation are very, very interesting. So I would uh, take check out the kcmo.org or gov website. Um, there's, a, there's an actual presentation that was made to the city council, which truly has most of the facts about the new terminal, which hopefully will be up for a vote next year, if not because it will not be happening this year. So a lot of exciting things happening in Kansas City. And um, with that, I want to bring in our first guest, Jessica Nelson, who is the uh, managing director of Team KC, uh, Life Plus Talent. Team KC, is, at Team KC, Jessica works to bring all the top tools and resources offered for nearly 10 years through KC ADC's Talent Recruitment Initiative under one brand. Team KC offers the best of life in KC to your company's talent recruitment efforts. Jessica, welcome to the show. Good morning. Sorry, I had to had to get a little, little uh, upright about the, the airport there, and I'm very hopeful that it happens next year. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> Time is money. Time is money, and I know it that it, I know that it, it, you deal with a lot of uh, out of towners. But first off, tell us about your kind of your growth at KCADC and kind of the position you're in now. Sure. So I've been with the Kansas City Area Development Council for five years, and we have an amazing effort called Team KC Life Plus Talent. It's a division of our organization organization. Mm -hmm. About 11 years ago, companies started approaching our organization saying, hey, you represent our 18-county region of Kansas and Missouri. You help bring companies to Kansas City. I have an executive that I need to bring to Kansas City, and we don't know how to do that. Companies do a great job of selling their company and their culture and the positions within their organization. But let's be honest, Kansas City can be a tough sell sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And today there really isn't a perception of Kansas City. The Royals have done an amazing job this past year in particular of of rumblings of our market. Something's happening here. Right, on a national level. On a national level, absolutely. But on the day-to-day, people want to know that if they're coming from Austin or L.A. or New York or Chicago, are the caliber of people, the caliber of companies, 
the lifestyle is that the same in Kansas City or better Mm -hmm. um, than what they're experiencing now. So that's what Team Casey does. We help people fall in love with Kansas City. We work as marketing consultants with more than 200 companies in the Kansas City region. We plug into their recruiting and HR teams, and we sell Kansas City. We make that the easiest part of the recruiting process. So whether it's interns spending 90 days with your company um, or a C-level executive that you have to have for your organization, we are essentially the marketing team for, for Kansas City's lifestyle. Very cool. I have to point out before we go to break that you are a um, very accomplished Kansas City at a young age, fairly young. Um, Next Gen Leader Award, KC Business Journal, and you were a 2015 Influential Women in KC Business with KC Business Magazine. And you've also got PR chops, right? From your I past. do, I do. <laughs> Spend some time in Chicago, but Kansas City's home, and who wouldn't want to promote? The community you grew up in, right? That's great. Yeah, totally. We're talking to Jessica Nelson, Managing Director of Team KC. Uh, we're going to be right back after the break. And uh, you can check out more about Team KC at teamkc.thinkkc.com. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. We'll be right back after the break. Running down the street like your hair's on fire. Thoughts running past like a man on a wire. Can't stop laughing, but I don't know. I'm going crazy though. TV and the radio been watching since a baby, so I'm representing Casey Mo. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. You're listening to 980 AM, and thanks for listening today on Talk980AM.com and GrillNationShow.com, as well as on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. We're talking to Jessica Nelson, who's the managing director of Team KC. Um, it's an initiative of the KCADC that works to showcase Kansas City's lifestyle alongside a company's recruiting efforts to attract top talent to a region. Uh, they are on Twitter at Team KC, or excuse me, Team Kansas City as their handle, and they're online at teamkc.thinkkc.com. Uh, pretty cool website. Uh, we're talking about what you do every day. You know what, what? What's your day look like? I mean, it's pretty incredible that you get to promote. Kansas City, right? Yeah, no day is ever the same. We get a peek behind the curtain of more than 200 companies in the region and help their top talent, top candidates fall in love with Kansas City, which is pretty cool. Every person has something different that they care about. And if they're going to pick up and move to a new city, they care about that more Mm -hmm. so today than they care about the actual job. Mm -hmm. They know that the companies here are innovative, doing cool things. But how does Kansas City stack up? And so our job is to make them understand how cool Kansas City really is. So uh, we're entering summer here. I know you talked about interns. Tell me what you do with uh, the new, the next breed of, of talent. Yeah, so we have an advisory board of 20 companies that tell us what is happening on trends in recruiting. We're co-chaired by KPMG and Cerner. And this board told us, hey, we need a recruiting strategy to get young professionals sticky to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. At the end of their interviews with internships, the number one reason why somebody doesn't accept a full-time job is because of Kansas City. So really? we created Intern KC, which will have about 5,000 interns this summer, throughout the summer where they plan events for each other by each other to learn about our region. So whether it's watch parties in the Power and Light District, tours of the Nelson, Boulevardia, Live KC events, Gen KC events, our job is to help them make friends in Kansas City, get to know each other, hear about the companies that are here, and build their network in Kansas City while familiarizing themselves with the region. Mm. 
So I guess I'm getting old now. So I'm looking back to when I was um, getting out of school and, you know, I went straight into politics. But part of me, you know, I lived in D.C. for a while. I think it is good for people that are from here to either study somewhere else or to maybe go study abroad or to do different things. But I find that most people eventually work here at some point that are from here that love Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City's home. So, but now I feel like that's kind of changing uh, Mm -hmm. because of all the things happening. I mean, are you seeing that? I know it's still a struggle sometimes to compete with the Austins or the coast, right? Or the the, the Californias of the world. Sure. Um, But what are people saying to you when they come here maybe that aren't from here? You know, we actually did research recently with natives of Kansas City transplants and they're what we call defectors, people who left our market and haven't come back yet. And the transplants and the defectors knew more about Kansas City and were more excited about it than the locals. Mm-hmm. Um, they are really, you know, passionate about Kansas City. And I think you're seeing the local community, too, having this pride for Kansas City that we didn't have five or ten years ago. I mean, yeah, that, right. You're seeing a lot of companies sprout out, right? Yeah. I mean, gosh, there's hundreds of T-shirt companies out there. And, Absolutely. And you have to be very unique and have a very good product to stand out these days. Yeah. But when you're talking to talent today, when they're talking to locals in the community, mm-hmm. those people, fellow young professionals, are so excited about what's happening in Kansas City. Um, we had a candidate from the West Coast who just randomly called us and said, hey, I work for a top brand. Uh, my wife and I keep hearing things about Kansas City. Do you think we can get a job here? Can we get jobs in the, in the market? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and that's what Team KC helps do is connect talent interested in coming to Kansas City with great opportunities in our market. That's good to know because... I can't tell you how many times that I've gotten an email or a forward from somebody. Hey, I'm from Kansas City, but I live in New York. I want to come back home. I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. Yeah. I've worked in politics. I've worked in finance. Like what happens? Like, you know, they just there's and a lot of times you don't know what to tell them. I mean, you kind of can talk to them on the phone for 30 minutes and say, here's my ideas. Mm-hmm. But it's good to have a resource, you know, and, and I'm going to definitely be calling you next time that happens. Absolutely. Please do. <laughs> and and I think, too, so much of it, Kansas City has such a strong network of people in our community. The business community here is incredibly tight. So it's easy for somebody to get involved in Kansas City, whether you're from here and are coming back or brand new to the market. That's a surprising thing for a lot of people. It's easy to kind of get in, quote unquote, um, in the Kansas City market than it is in other places. So tell me about some of our, I mean, I guess our wins with talent, our new businesses. I mean, we, we, we met downtown a few days ago. Um, there's some more people locating downtown, which is a good thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. There are some amazing companies that uh, KCADC was a part of helping bring into our market. Sungevity, Lutler Mendelssohn, Sedgwick Law, um, specifically in the downtown area. Those are our innovative companies, Sungevity in particular, an Oakland-based organization coming to our market, young professionals, really excited to have them, clean energy, um, innovation, new technologies in Kansas City. And um, they're passionate about the streetcar. They're passionate about lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And they're bringing really great talent from all over the world to the Kansas City market. And that's 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 a win for the whole region. That's got to be the key, right, is, is recruiting new people to come here that are talented. That's always the issue that every city seems to have is getting good talent. It's tight. I mean, unemployment in Kansas City is incredibly low. We're at what's considered full employment in our market. Uh, But every city is experiencing that right now, especially within the tech community in particular, or engineering or financial services. So Kansas City is uh, a powerhouse city when it comes to 
great companies that are doing those things. And it's all about finding the right people to fill those positions. So you guys have a blog, right? We do. Where you have you have people write and you update people. And uh, that's where I found out about your intern program. But you also have good thought leadership with, um, I noticed you have an article about three ways to brand your company. Um, you have a board, actually. So tell me about that. I mean, how many people are on your board and yes. how often do you all meet and what's, what's going we on We have with that? a board of 19 uh, top recruiters and HR executives in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, they represent all industries in Kansas City. We're co-chaired by Cerner and KPMG. We've had the, our advisory board for four years, and they tell us and really guide us on what trends they're seeing in hiring. You know, when you have a company like Cerner that's hiring hundreds of people, what do they care about and what talent, where are they finding talent? How are we stacking up to other cities where that talent lives? Mm-hmm. And how can we find solutions to help seal the deal, so to speak? And what are kind of the, I mean, you're saying that most people, most people want lifestyle over career. That's kind of what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. And they're looking for a job. People will couch surf for months in a cool city uh, before they find the right opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how is Kansas City that cool city? How are we faring with other major markets like a Portland and Austin, Seattle, New York, LA? I think it's all about perception too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you worked in PR and I've worked in communications. I mean, the more stories like the one that was in the verge about free Wi-Fi and driverless car lanes and, you know, cool tech things happening, the more tech talent we're going to recruit here. Totally. Uh, the more stories we have in, you know, major publications, I think helps brand you. Now, I mean, look at like Austin and Portland. I mean, 25 years ago or 20 years ago, I mean, Austin was basically just the capital city there was at the college, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like it is today. Right. There wasn't tons of cranes in the air. They weren't developing. I mean, it, it takes a while to do this. And I think the Kansas City, you know, up until like the 70s was like a mecca, right? Sure. And then it, it kind of had a total downturn. And then now it's coming back. And it takes a while to tell that story, I think. Absolutely. I mean, when the Huffington Post names you the number one place to be for a young professional, that's a publication that every young professional reads. That's a, an amazing endorsement for Kansas City and something that we we have the opportunity now to share with others around the world. We're talking to Jessica Nelson, the managing director of Team KC. It's a part of Kansas City Area Development Council. She uh, is just a great person doing a lot of great things here in Kansas City. So what do we need to work on, Jessica? What are our, what are the things that you hear that we need to improve upon as a city? Well, we've come a long way in terms of pride. We talked about that a few mm-hmm. minutes ago. But we're so humble, our community. We are doing incredible things. And no one knows about it. Nobody's telling their story. And that's what KCADC and Team KC and others in our community that, that we partner with are doing. We're, we're helping put Kansas City on the national stage. Having really great things like Cisco Smart Cities and the streetcar and Google Fiber, those are all things that are major endorsements for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And we have to keep thinking what's next for our community. We need more progress. And that's and that's just why we have to handle in, in so many different projects at one time, in my opinion. Um, so so what, what's next for you? I mean, what, what are the goals for Team KC? What are you guys looking to do this year? I mean, we're in May now, so um, sure. you're going to have your intern stuff going on in the summer. Yeah, so um, we'll be running hard for the next 90 days <laughs> with 5,000 interns. you got to keep them all here, right? you got to keep them here, yeah. make them seal the deal, make them, make them pick up pick Kansas City over where they are now. Uh, but we we have a lot going on. You know, we have a network of 500 recruiters in the Kansas City market that we're always talking to. They are the people that are on the front lines telling Kansas City's story to people every day. So mm-hmm. 
what resources and tools, what trends are we seeing for Kansas City? What new assets are, are popping up around town? What is the hot new thing in our market? And happy, having them learn about Kansas City alongside us so that when they are telling those stories to people, they can find whatever that tipping point is for a candidate that resonates with them about Kansas City. Maybe you're into the bar scene or the, or the beer craft beer scene here. Maybe you're um, really into you know, finding rock climbing opportunities or philanthropic endeavors in Kansas City. Well, we need to tell those recruiters what, what's available here for mm-hmm. those people. Jessica Nelson, Managing Director of Team KC. Check it out at Team Kansas City on Twitter and teamkc.thinkkc.com. Real quickly, how do people get in touch with you? Are, are those the best two ways to connect with you is the website? Absolutely. Our website, we have Instagram, team.kc, Twitter, Team Kansas City, and a, a fabulous LinkedIn group as well with, with hundreds of recruiters involved. And and it's the, the KCADC website is ithinkkc.com? Uh, that's our Twitter handle, ithinkkc.com. Okay. Uh, thinkkc.com is KCADC's website. Very cool. Jessica Nelson, thanks for coming on Grill Nation Show. And uh, we'll have you on again soon at some point to talk about updates. But congratulations on all your success. Thank you. We'll be right back on Grill Nation. Thanks for listening to 980 AM. First things first, I'm the realest. realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. I just want to chill, got a sack for us to roll Married to the money, introduced it to my stuff Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill on Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com Appreciate you also joining me on GrillNationShow.com As well as on iTunes and TuneIn Radio You can find all of our shows, podcasts, photos of our guests, supporters, everything on GrillNationShow.com You can also connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. I'm also on social media. Pretty much any social media you can find at Jason Grill. Appreciate our earlier guests for joining us today. Hope you learned a lot from that interview. I do want to clarify one thing I said in the uh, the monologue segment um, about the new airport, the new terminal that is uh, going to be pushed back for the vote. The reason why we have to have a vote on this uh, because no public money is going to be funded. Uh, through this, this is this is no tax increase on the city of Kansas City, Missouri residents, is because in 2013, a petition drive was filed to make sure that the voters had a say on any new uh, changes or renovations or new airport at KCI. And so 3,800 people, I believe, signed that. And uh, I think that the total they needed actually was only 3,300. And so that is why it's uh, it has to go in front of the voters. Uh, in an issue like this, typically, if there's no public... Public tax dollars being spent, uh, this wouldn't be a votable issue. But since it, there is uh, a petition filed, and because the voter turnout is so low in municipal elections, the, the amount of signatures you need is very low to uh, request a vote. And so that's happening in Kansas City a lot recently, which is kind of unfortunate. Uh, but that is why uh, the city needs to have a public vote on any new airport terminal, which I fully support a new terminal for the reasons we mentioned in the last segment with Jessica. Uh, one thing we forgot to mention or I didn't mention was that uh, a lot of businesses are choosing not to locate in Kansas City that travel a lot because of the airport. So something to think about as well. 
In our next segment, we're going to have on Sean Kincaid, who's joining me in studio. He's a uh, Kansas City-based professional business coach. He's a uh, just a great guy to talk to. He's he does these great book reviews, um, and I think it's every month. Yeah, um, I haven't made it down yet. We've been having you on the show now for two years, and uh, it's a seven a.m. thing, which doesn't work in my schedule. Not in Overland Park, but uh, right. but I need to get down there. Um, and you've come on many times and talked to us about how to grow our business, what we should be focused on, work life balance, all these different things. So uh, it's great to have you back, Sean. Thanks for having me. Um, today I want to talk to you about. I tease this in the opener about um, your book review you did in March. I know that's been a while. Right. <laughs> it's but, May, uh, whatever. But, yeah. um, but uh, you know, you're so busy, you know, we got to schedule you out in advance. That's right. With, with all the work you're doing. Um, this was on a book, Life is Good. Now, Life is Good is a huge brand in, in across the United States and the world now, I believe. Um, but this book really talks about kind of the story of these two guys that right. founded it. Right. Um, and their website is lifeisgood.com. I'm assuming you've, most people listening have seen uh, the hashtag or the the, the shirts, the, the shirts, hats, the hats. Yeah. The, you drive behind a, a jeep, you might see a, a tire cover that right. says "Life is Good." They have the little the little man, and it's just to me, it's amazing that this company has grown to a, over a hundred million in revenue as of 2014. Yep. Um, and so you did a book review about their uh, their book, which is actually titled "Life is Good: The Book, um, How to Live." I can't really read this, but it's basically just Bird and John Jacobs are the the writers, the yep. two brothers. So yep. tell us a little about their story. This is kind of an infra- inspirational story of unconventional business success and what worked for them. Yeah. Who are these guys? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a pretty fascinating story in the sense that these guys grew up in Boston, actually just outside of Boston. They grew up, you know, fairly poor family, um, lots of lots of kids in the family, and these are the two youngest brothers out of out of six, I think. Yeah, and they were relatively um, poor. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have much money, but you know, kind of grew up in uh in the 80s. They graduated college in the late 80s and and the two brothers graduated I think a year apart or something, but they decided uh, as the younger one graduated college to go on a road trip mm-hmm. just as a hey, we don't know what we want to do with our life. Let's go take 6 or 7 weeks and travel across the US and see what see if any inspiration strikes us. And through that process they kept talking about what they wanted to do and who they wanted to be and all this kind of stuff. And what they decided was that they wanted to try to change the world and they wanted to do it using art. And so when they started playing around with that idea, they came up with this idea of, well, what if we sold, you know, t-shirts that we designed that had inspirational messages mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and this was and this was about twenty five years ago. This is nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. So not all that common. So you know, kind of an interesting idea at the time. Um, as you might expect, it didn't take off right away. <laughs> uh, and, and I thought this part was funny. They actually lived literally out of a van mm-hmm. uh, that they would drive to college campuses or they would drive to you know different events and things, and they would sell their t shirts literally out of a van, and then they would sleep in the van as well if they you know on the road. Now in the eighties, was this something that I mean? Nowadays, we see a lot of entrepreneurs starting t shirt brands. I mean, uh, no, everywhere. I think it was very unusual. Very unusual in yeah. the eighties. Yeah, I think it, it, they certainly were kind of unique. And and for the first literally six years, it was painful. I mean, they did this. They lived out of a van for mm-hmm. six years. And it, at the end of that six-year period, there was a point in time where they kind of t- tallied up all of their money and, and all that they had, and they had about $75. So it's not, <laughs> like, it's not like they were doing really well for six years. They were, you know, barely getting by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what happened was they went to a particular street fair and, and they had 
they had tried out different, they would have parties in between their road trips and they would try out different designs and have people over. And they ended up with one design that had this kind of stick figure smiley face. And all it said was life is good. And all the people at the party were like, oh yeah, that's the shirt. That's the one. So they ended up creating 50 of these shirts. They went out to a a street event of some sort to sell their shirts and they sold out within an hour. In six years. With a stick figure that said life is good. And that was all. It was simple message. That was all. In in six years, they'd never sold out before. And in this case, they sold out in less than an hour. So they're like, oh, wait a minute. We're on to something. <laughs> and so three that, words, three words, <clears throat> three words. It, it was simple. And, and I think what really struck them, and this was over time, I don't think they figured it out right away, but it was the message of optimism. And ultimately, that was that was what they ended up adopting as kind of their big driver was how can we share this message of optimism as that's our platform and the T-shirts are one way to do that and, and there's other ways to do that as well. And that's what people responded to. Mm-hmm. And so from there, they, they started going to stores and, and stores wanted to buy that design or that message. And then they said, hey, who's the guy on the shirt? So they came up with a name. They called him Jake just because <laughs> there was no, no real reason for it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then so people, you know, owners of stores would call back and say, Hey, we're right next to a biking store. Is there any chance that Jake can ride a bike? And they're like, oh, sure, we can do that. And so they just started kind of coming up with different ways to to spin that message and to to get that idea across. And and over time, you know, going from basically zero revenue to $100 million, you know, 15, 20 years later. Incredible. So it was all based upon optimism. And uh they wrote this book, and you, you've gone over their approach and purpose, uh, but it really is about superpowers. Yeah. And, and so, you know, optimism beats the alternative. It enables us to access the 10 most important tools we have for living a happy and fa- fulfilling life. They call these a life as good superpowers. This is why they wrote the book. Yep. Um, they're accessible to everyone. And so, you know, they go through and talk about, again, how their life was not perfect growing up. They they mentioned that when they're a family, when they're on the dinner table, they their parents made them tell tell them something good that happened today. Yeah, it was kind of a daily ritual, and that's kind of what ended up kind of feeding the whole thing. But yeah, their their mom would ask them at dinner. You know, everybody gathered around the table, so so share something that was good today. Mm-hmm. And you know, which is would, something that a lot of people don't do. No, it's, they say, "How was your day? Here's what I did, <laughs> or and here's all the bad things, or here's sure. what I had, here's what it, really." Ticked me off at work today. I mean, it's not a positive conversation. And, and, and what's interesting is that, at least to me, the the psychology behind this, they've actually done studies that people that focus on gratitude, mm-hmm. it, it's impossible to be upset, to be angry, if you're also feeling grateful. You can't literally feel both emotions. Mm-hmm. And so when you focus on gratitude, you tend to push all the negative things out. And so there's a recommendation from a lot of psychologists that if you want to become a happier person, start keeping a gratitude journal. And essentially that's what their mother was doing for them at the end of every day is having them focus on something to be grateful. So make sure you guys talk to your families about that. Tell me something good that happened today. Ask yeah. that question of your wife, your girlfriend, your kids, whatever. So Sean Kincaid from uh we're gonna talk we're talking about life is good. Um superpower one, let's go through this. Open openness was the first one and, and that really was kind of pigeonholing that the, the pace of today is difficult to be open to new ideas. Yeah. And, and, and so what they, what they realized, so these superpowers are really, I guess you could probably call them their core values, mm-hmm. but they started identifying, okay, what do we believe? 
And the first one that they, at least in the book, that they listed out was openness. And it was really this idea of we don't know what's going to happen and be ready, be be available to what might be in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, if you look at just how people live their lives or, or as business owners, it, the world's changing really fast. And if you're not open to new ideas, you're going to get left behind really quickly. And I think that's kind of the essence that I took away from that is that, uh, you know, the importance of, of just being willing to try something new, you know, to, to give a shot to something. Yeah. And it talks about treat everything as it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, you can't go on a road trip for a week long road trip every week, but you can look at your life as an adventure and think about things that are once in a lifetime are worth thinking about and try to challenge yourself to new, new things, be intentionally open. And that's something you talked about. Um, real quickly, our superpower number two in the book was courage. Having courage does not mean that we are unafraid. Having courage and showing courage means we face our fears. We are able to say, I have fallen, but I will get up. Yeah. So, so the idea that, uh, and, and they, they use the kind of their history to demonstrate the courage. <laughs> Those first six years, they would go to sell these shirts and they would get cold no again and again and right. again. You know, Until they found the life is good. Right. Yeah. I mean, but it, but it was that persistence. So it was the courage that allowed them to continue to get back up and to continue going out there and making things happen. And a lot of times, we, you know, you think about courage and you think about, you know, superheroes and things like that. And it's really the day-to-day things. It's the ability to just get back up and say, okay, i got to try this again. You know, that's ultimately how you move forward. We're talking with Sean Kincaid, Kansas City-based professional business coach. We'll be right back after the break with more about the Life is Good book. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. I turn the music up. I got my records on. I shut the world outside. Welcome back to Grill Nation on 980 AM and talk980am.com, also on grillnationshow.com and iTunes and TuneIn Radio. I want to thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation with Jason Grill. They are Trusts, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group, Ken Ertz Perry, Catalyst, Government Affairs, The Rieger KC and Jay Rieger & Co., Kansas City Power Light District, and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink. Thanks for all your support of the Grill Nation show. We're talking to Sean Kincaid, um, who is a business coach. He's uh, president of Aspire Business Development. He's also a member of the board of directors of the Leewood Chamber of Commerce, which I didn't know until now. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, we're talking about the Life is Good book, really because I think the takeaways from it are amazing. We were talking about the 10 superpowers that really guided the company. And the third one was simplicity. We talked about this. They they kind of stumbled upon the simplicity of, 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 of three words, life is good. 48 of the shirts had a stick figure named Jake with the phrase, life is good. They sold out in less than an hour, something that never happened before. And the the key takeaway from this, Sean, is that sometimes simplicity and less is more is a good trait when you're growing a business. I I actually, I don't even think it's sometimes. I think it's almost always. I think you'd have to really try to find a great example where being more complicated was a good idea. (laughs) Uh, From a business perspective, if you have a lot of offerings... Sometimes, Sometimes that's bad, though, and, yep. and they've actually done studies that show if you offer people too many choices, they shut down. Yes, and yes. and so uh, you know the and and the hard part is, and and it's interesting when I talk to my clients or other business owners, there's this feeling of well, I got to be complex or I've got to come up with this really tricky kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, and the reality is the market doesn't want that. People in general don't respond well to it, and so if 
it's hard to do, but if you can figure out a way to just be simple, you're going to get a better reaction. And they did that. Uh, superpower number four was humor. Uh, 95, the company's top line revenue was a record at a time of 262,000. That was about six years in. They hired their first employee. 97, they broke a million and expanded themselves to accommodate growth. Um, they didn't take themselves too seriously. They went out of their way to keep things light and maintain their sense of humor. It's part of their brand. Yeah, in fact, they, they share a story of really their first big deal um, with a company. It's I think it's now Dick's Sporting Goods, but it's one of the you know one of those types of stores. Uh, they met with the buyers, and they couldn't afford to fly to Indianapolis or wherever they were headquartered, so the buyers happened to be in Boston, and so they couldn't even afford to take them out to dinner. So they actually hosted them at their house, and they basically cooked spaghetti and, and served them some wine. But their whole approach was, you know, just have fun with it. Right. And and ultimately, these buyers, it was so different than any other experience that they had. They loved it, and they, they created a relationship out of it. And, and humor is a way to open up doors. It's a way to connect with people if it's appropriate. Uh, obviously, these days, it's a lot more hard, a lot more lot, difficult lot, to be appropriate. A lot more PC these days. Yeah. Gratitude. Uh, we talked about this. This is just basically that when you're feeling grateful, it's physically impossible to have negative feelings. And this is something that life is good. Uh, they get a lot of customer letters on their products that have impacted lives. And um, this is driven by purpose. And they, um, around 9-11, they donated about over $200,000 for one patriotic shirt to victims' families. So they're really big on gratitude and, and getting to gratitude. And and that was that, that idea of doing a 9-11 shirt was actually one of their employees that raised their hand right after 9-11 during an all, you know kind of an all hands meeting and said what are we going to do to help people out and and what how can we as a group how can we you know make a difference so it didn't even come from the top down it came from the bottom up and that's the kind of culture that they've built uh which i think really probably is a, a key driver to their success to be able to have everybody on the team believe those things mm-hmm. Uh, superpower number six was fun. We kind of touched upon this, but in 2003, the company hosted their first ever festival. So they started doing festivals. It's a way to bring employees, customers, and community together for a good cause. Since then, the festivals have gotten larger and better. They've re- raised over 11 million to date on charities focused on kids. Um, life is good as a serious business, but you don't get to 100 million in revenue per year and growing with a lot of hard work, but they purposely built in opportunities for employees customers, community to have fun and encourage it in everyday culture. Yeah, the, these festivals, I think, were kind of a cool idea. They actually played around with advertising, and, and they had, had a company that helped them create a radio ad. And they, they listened, and it was a typical radio ad, you know, buy our stuff, you know, we have cool shirts, whatever. They listened to it, and they're like, that's not who we are. And, and we don't want to be, we don't want to advertise. We don't want to do that kind of marketing. Um, so instead, they decided to invest that money in these festivals, and it was the festivals that that really was their way of just getting in front of people and and showing them who they were instead of telling them. That's interesting. Uh, super power number seven is compassion. Uh, they talk about ideas to promote compassion, and a lot of this has to do with the random acts of charity um, and kind of their interaction. And 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 it's interesting from a pure business point of view. One of the things that brings their culture together is this idea of having a bigger picture. So 10% of their profits go to their in-house charity that they ended up, they ended up basically partnering with somebody and, and eventually taking them over. Uh, but they have a children's charity that they give all of their, you know, their profits to, and then they do other stuff as well. Uh, but, but that's a big focus for anybody that works there. If you don't buy into their message of, of how they want to help kids and what they do, then you're probably not going to fit in. 
True. Uh, super proud and bright was creativity. Obviously, in a t-shirt business, you got to be creative. Now they have other products too, but um, they embrace creativity. That was one of the things that helped them grow. They they say that it's more than just artwork. It's operations of the business. It's customer service. It's how you do anything that you do. And there's always room for new ideas if you look for them. Yeah, I thought this. I thought this one is interesting. Again, from a business point of view, a lot of business owners will say, "Well, I'm not creative," or you know, "I'm not one of those creative types." And the reality is. If you're solving problems, you're showing creativity. So it's not just about art. It's about how do you come up with a creative solution to a challenge? And the more that you can get your team to buy into that idea of, hey, let's try something. Let's do different things. Let's find a different angle. Mm -hmm. That makes a huge difference in how you run a company. They're doing everything right. It seems like, I yeah. mean, if every at least company... from the outside, no, it's their book. <laughs> it's their book, so they, you know, they're only going to put the good stuff in there. Uh, I'm sure, uh, authenticity, but... a challenge for most, but also a great source of power. Authenticity is simply being who you are. As your business will grow, you'll be pulled in different directions. New opportunities will be open to you. All of that's great as long as you doesn't pull you away from who you real are, really are. If it doesn't fit you, then don't do it. Uh, no matter how great it looks on paper, or how much money can be made from it. They uh, they actually had multiple opportunities to, to get into different business arrangements and to do different things, and they ended up turning a bunch of them down because they just didn't fit who they were. Some of those might have meant more money. Some of those might have been licensing arrangements that could have been worth a lot, um, but it wasn't who they were. And I think what's interesting when you look at it, again, from just a pure business perspective, what resonates with people, you can you can be as clever as you want to be, but if you're not authentic, people will see through it. Uh, I think that's part of the reason why you do so well with your show and, and who you are. You gotta be authentic. Every time I've talked to you, you're, you're the same guy. And, <laughs> and, and when, you know, you put yourself out there and you, you do it in a very authentic way. There's probably, and I, you know, maybe not, but there's probably a few people who don't like you. Oh gosh. And, and, and there's people that I'd really say if like you. Can you, get, you, you, know? can get, you can get half and half, right? Right. But, <laughs> but the, you don't have to. You don't have to be in a position where everybody likes you. It's not ever going to happen anyway. Mm -hmm. So just embrace who you are and the ones that really like you are, that's, that's where you're, that's your tribe. That's awesome. That's how people are going to relate to you. Well, quickly, Sean, we have superpower number 10, love. This was, they talked about the Boston marathon uh, and what they dealt with that. Yeah. The, the actual bombings occurred about two blocks away from where they're headquartered. uh, And actually they had a, one of their employees that was pretty badly hurt in the bombing. Uh, and, but their takeaway from that whole event was that you had two or three people that displayed, you know, awful, horrible hate. And you literally had hundreds of thousands or millions of people that responded with love. And, and you look at all the outpouring and the support and all the things that happened there. And so they you know, their focus was on look at all the, the great outcomes that, that came from that, despite it, you know, being a horrible event. So again, it's just another way to look at the world. It's a different perspective. Very interesting. Sean Kincaid, AspireKC.com, press, uh, president of AspireKC and business coach. Uh, just a great resource here. You can check him out and uh, go to the website. You can get involved with the book reviews, but uh, he's a wealth of knowledge. He can help your company grow and you as a person grow. Thanks for coming on Grill Nation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening today, guys. We'll see you again next week. Have a good one, and we will talk to you soon. Take care.